Wednesday, August 24th. My name is Jerry Roberts, and I'm your host. I'm challenging the rhetoric. are a part of what makes science and learning so wonderful. But when you put the two words together, conspiracy theories, you kind of just end up with mostly an unbelievable mess in the end. Unfortunately, in the cases of very real conspiracies, the theories that surround them can be created and propagated by anyone with any number of intentions or any kind of agendas behind it. And oftentimes, any truth that lies at the foundation of a conspiracy gets lost in the theory itself. Today, we have many people sitting behind bars facing charges for conspiracies. As I said, conspiracies are real. For those who follow the 41-day armed occupation of a wildlife refuge outside of Burns, Oregon, you know that there are at least 26 people who were charged with conspiracy in that case alone. What's really ironic is many of those same 26 people are themselves conspiracy theorists, and that is quite possibly the very thing that essentially fueled the Oregon standoff. While those individuals are potentially facing prison and the inability to ever vote again in this country, the rest of us are facing a presidential election filled with more rhetoric than history has shown us in the past. And most of it is conspiracy-based. Presidential candidate Donald Trump has been insisting to the masses that if he loses the election in November, it will be due to vote rigging. And that's just one of many uh, conspiracies that he's pushing around. And the mad irony in in this is that those who believe that to be true are many of the same people who denied it could possibly be true during the 2000 election with George W. Bush and Al Gore. We all remember Bush v. Gore and how that went down. Our president was decided by the Supreme Court, not a ballot box, not the people. It's all about them hanging tabs, right? So how have elections changed since then? You know, it's been 16 years since then, but they haven't really changed that much. In my state, where I live in Oregon, we vote by mail. Other states vote electronically from home computers. Others have, you know, you know, ballot booths and all of that. There's no single method, standardized method across the country for voting and verifying, uh, you know, all these votes. And that leaves a lot of room for not only error, but rigging or tampering. And the way, you know, there's lots of ways to hack the election that are pretty straightforward. And only slight variants of computer system attacks that we see every day in the private sector and on government networks in the U.S. and elsewhere around the world. One of the reasons that Hillary Clinton's emails are uh, so important as far as what was going on with that, and she should get more than a slap on the wrist, uh, the thing is, is that, you know, that's one of the concerns that's voiced, is about hacking. So... In order to do hacking on voting machines and stuff like that, it's actually easier. Malware can uh, be implanted on voting machines, and almost none of them have any kind of detection software for it, like those that are used in major corporations and government agencies. And even if they did, most of those cybersecurity tools are regularly defeated by today's sophisticated hackers. So at this year's Black Hat Cybersecurity Conference, the cybersecurity firm Symantec had a voting booth that they set up to demonstrate the various ways that you can trick the system. In America's often close elections, a little tiny bit of manipulation could go a long way. And because 
you know, the, with all the election conspiracies that also go a long way. That's pretty much what we're going to be talking about tonight on the show with the guests. So joining me tonight is going to be Sue Schubert. She's my social media manager for the show. And Laura Moody, um, you, you see them both in the listener chat room uh, usually. Laura is one of the chat room moderators. She also does uh, a little bit of editing for me from time to time. So all three of us ladies are very, very different, and we have very varying beliefs about the things that we're going to talk about tonight. There's going to be some things that we agree on, and there's some things that we don't agree on. So it's going to be an, an, interesting, um, an interesting show. But before I bring my girlies on the air, let me give you the details you need to know in order to participate with us during the live show. During each live broadcast, you can interact on the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash challengingtherhetoric.news. I'm on Twitter at CPR Newsfeed. Tonight we're using the hashtag CPR, Election 2016, Conspiracy Theories. And all of the stories that I cover are available on the CPR website at challengingrhetoric.news. You can chat with us in the listener chat room during the show at blogtalkradio.com forward slash challenging the rhetoric with Sherry Roberts. That's spelled C-H-E-R-I. Click on show number 41. The chat room will appear right beneath that slider. If you're already on the page and you don't see a chat room, hit, refre- hit refresh and scroll back down. Don't forget, this is a dialogue. This is not a debate, never a debate here. It's always about a true conversation. No personal attacks, any kind of overaggression or trolling is going to be tolerated in the chat room, so keep that in mind. Otherwise, I will just boot people out. As always, don't forget, if you're listening to an archive, there is no live chat whatsoever. <laughs> and I have people actually leave me messages telling me that the... Um, they couldn't get in the chat room, but it was because they were listening to an archive. So on that note, I want to bring uh, the two ladies that I work closely with on a daily basis on the air, Sue Sugarts. Welcome back to Challenging Rhetoric. Hi, Sherry. It's good to be here. Hey, Sue. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been on the air. It's been, it's been quite know. a while. Um, Laura? Laura Moody? Hey. Thanks for having me hey, on, Hey, Laura. Sherry. It's good to have you on. I mean, we never get to do this on the air, so um, it'll be interesting how how everything goes tonight. So I want to start with um, just kind of some real general kind of background as far as uh, we'll start with Sue and then then we'll go to Laura. If you can just tell a little bit to the listeners kind of what your political upbringing was. Upbringing was um, very conservative, Um, conservative Republican. uh, That was the way... That was the only way to go. Um, even before that, though, I ha- I have had an uncle um, and my grandfather both served as rep- as, as Depper, I'm sorry, Democratic representatives um, in Pennsylvania. Um, so I got a little bit of both. I got I got Democrat and Republican, but basically, I grew up very conservative. Laura, how about you? Well, I was raised Republican. Um, I'm a Navy brat, and I actually voted for Ronald Reagan. And then generally I voted Democratic after that, although I always vote in Republican primaries and and, uh, my elections here because there's no Democrats running. And uh, so I'm kind of an outlier in my family. (laughs) (laughs) 
So for me, um, for anybody new to tuning tuning in and haven't heard before, um, I was raised in a pretty apolitical family. It wasn't anything that was really discussed very much, unless there was a complaint. I remember, you know, being being young and hearing a lot of complaints about Ronald Reagan, um, but equally about Jimmy Carter. And so there was not really anything that was overtly in my face. My mom was a bit of a gypsy. However, predominantly most of my family are uh, conservatives. And so, and that did come, you know, with the upbringing itself to a certain extent. And they are diehard conservatives to this day. So, so we kind of established kind of where we came from, and we all kind of came from conservative, uh, you know, upbringings. So that being said, uh, Sue, we're going to start with you. Let's kind of cross over a minute into conspiracies. And um, you know, it's said that everybody, according to studies, everybody has at least one what would be deemed a conspiracy theory that, that they believe in. Are there any conspiracies that you believe in, Sue, or that have, you know, caused you pause to at least research into something that maybe most people wouldn't look at? I'm saying uh, I, I come from a place where you look at everything. Um, I'm probably suspicious of uh, most government agencies, um, and I will look I have a tendency to kind of look at both sides and always thinking that there there is an agenda going on um, and it isn't for our benefit. So, yeah, in that aspect, I am a conspiracy theorist. Um, uh, I, I, I think the farther out you go on conspiracies, the less I'm involved. Um, mine tend to stay towards financial gains. Uh, power gains, things like that. Uh, and I do think there are a lot of hands at work um, pushing buttons and pushing players and manipulating, um, including the press, uh, to where the power is going to be and and how that's going to benefit them. And certainly not us. So, yeah, in in that aspect, I am a conspiracy theorist. So I want to point out to the listeners before I have Laura answer the same question. Um, Sue, initially, with the Oregon standoff, was very, very much, uh, to, to a certain extent, a supporter of what was happening, what was what was going down. And those some of those things that she just mentioned right now um, about, you know, manipulations and stuff going on are in part uh, why her support isn't quite what it was initially. Is that correct, Sue? That is correct. I do think there's a there's a lot of government overreach, uh, you know. In that aspect, I did support them. Right, right, exactly. So, um, Laura, same question to you, hon. Um, what, you know, is there has there ever been a, a now? You and I, Laura, you and I have talked about 9/11. You believe complete opposite I do about 9/11. We still get along and talk great every day. <laughs> by the way, absolutely. But, um, <laughs> but has there ever been has there ever been anything that is kind of outside the norm that you've, you know, that you've bought into or researched heavily because you were on the fence with it? Well, probably the only one that that I have really leaned towards and that I really researched was the harp. Um, when I was uh, working in a bookstore many years ago, the woman who worked can you repeat that, it gave Laura? me a book. The, the what? Yeah. Wait, Laura, can you repeat that? The what? Um, HARP, H-A-R-P. Um, oh, HARP, okay, yeah, go ahead. Right, I was referred to the book Angels Don't Play This Harp, 
and I read it, and the science behind it was fascinating. And um, so I have actually followed that because that was a conspiracy. I thought, well, that that's really interesting, and I could see the application for it. Generally, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I really recognize that the people who are are very sincere in their beliefs, and that's kind of disturbing because I don't, I've always found that when you really get down to the nitty-gritty of a lot of the conspiracy theories, it's just a confirming bias, right? You go out there and you cherry-pick just the items that uh, confirm your biases. Now, I do also believe that cows is very heavily involved with what was going on in Bunkerville and and, and, uh, the refuge, so I do think that there is something going on in the background about trying to move public lands into the private sphere. So I don't know if that would be considered a conspiracy. Well, you know, conspiracies are real, and it's, you know, the true definition of a conspiracy, I would say yes. Just for the listeners that don't know what COWS is, if you're not familiar necessarily with the term or the Oregon standoff stories, it's Coalition of Western States to which uh, Representative Matt Shea, Assemblywoman uh, Michelle Fiore, and and others are a part of um, that have been heavily involved um, for years with the Bundys and and their supporters. Anyhow, um, so for me... You know, there there are definitely, you know, things that I have believed in over the decades. And um, having kind of been introduced to the idea of conspiracy theories and, 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 and enmeshed and ingrained into it, I would say 9-11 was like the big one for me. But it was conspiracy theories themselves and conspiracy theorists and what I call conspiracy pornographers that everything very rapidly I got introduced to, you know, tons more conspiracies, uh, and some of which were so off the charts to me that it just made me step back more and more in in everything I was doing. You know, when everything is a conspiracy, when everything is a false flag, and, you know, within seconds of anything happening, it's already being propagated out there, it is quite overwhelming. And unfortunately, when you're enmeshed into that, it's... um, it's very detrimental uh, to to your psyche, you know, and 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 your family life, and and all of that, your relationships. Um, so, which leads me because I'm talking about all these other, you know, there's just vast world of conspiracy theories out there. So, starting with Sue, is there a particular conspiracy theory, whether it's something new or something that's been around for a while, that you, that no matter what it is, that you just think is so outlandish you could never even consider it. I could know. Uh, I think some of the alien conspiracies. You know, I I I'll listen. Um, I, I think it's a big universe. I think uh, you know, life outside of this planet is is to me is it's absolute um, that there is whether they're here or have been here or were part of it. No, there's absolutely nothing to me is anything of viability. So the farther, like I said, the farther out that the conspiracy goes. The less I I delve into it, right? But that's right. basic. And Those Laura, are the basic ones. But go ahead, Sue. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just gonna uh, shoot to Laura and, and get an answer from her. 
Well, there's there's a new one out there, apparently, that just baffles me, which are the flat earthers. And I've, I'm starting <laughs> to see more and more on my my feed about flat the flat earth conspiracy. And that blows my mind. Um, Anti-vaxxers, I do not understand uh, how Jenny McCarthy, who has no medical degree or anything else, has become a spokesperson for it. Uh, that's not to say that there are not problems with some vaccinations, but it being a conspiracy, I don't understand that. And climate change deniers, yeah, I know it's all political, but it's like I have a library degree, and I am enamored of facts. And when you go out there and actually search out facts, um, there the facts that just don't back up some of these conspiracies. And probably my favorite is the conspiracy that Hillary Clinton or any president uh, could just go take your gun. It's it's like people don't understand you would have to have an amendment to the Constitution and what is involved in that, and nobody could go out there and say, I'm taking your guns, right? So those, those are my pet right. peeves. <laughs> well, you know, for me, um, I let, let's start, I'll start with the flat earth thing, because, <laughs> you know, the first, when I first started saying that uh, around, and I'm sure it's been around much longer than when I first came across it, I was very removed from this over-conspiracy world that I had been in before, but I was, like, reading this stuff, and, of course, you know, you can make anything sound believable, look legit, you know, and so on and so forth. So you really got to look into stuff if you have the interest. And the only thing that interests me about the flat earth thing, and and, and that is when you have people like Elon Musk and, and others, I mean, I, I believe it's MIT that has been doing a study for years to try I mean, Elon Musk is saying that he believes that we are assimilation, right? And then, and then right. MIT, I think it's MIT. Um, they've been doing, uh, I should have looked this up before the show, but I didn't realize I was going to talk about it. Um, they have been doing a study to prove that we were not assimilation, not to prove that we were. And when you think about it, when we talk about, um, I mean, I do believe that there is alien life out there in, in some way. What it is, I do not know. But... I've always found it kind of funny that our assumption is is that they are some they're highly intelligent or more intelligent than we or more advanced. And I don't know that that's true. I mean, they could be just on some other planet living a life like we are if they're any kind of humanoid or whatever, and and be thinking the same thing about us. You know, I mean, who knows? But the the thing is, is if you actually think about the what, as we're watching technology now, I do not believe in this conspiracy theory. Okay, but. It is interesting enough when you put a few different components together that it's 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 just interesting. So if we if we think about the possibility with the way technology is so rapidly, I mean just like crazy fast evolving, you know, I mean literally by the minute something's changing with technology and just the advancedness of it. I mean it's really not that far fetched, kinda, you know, to to think about the possibility if we did believe in these higher intelligent beings elsewhere in the universe and and that we were assimilation of theirs or something like that, then then and only then would the flat earth theory make a little bit of sense. <laughs> See how it goes together. <laughs> but the point in that 
the point in that is how it goes together. Because many of these things, like when you talked about anti-vaxxers and you talked about um, something else, but it was kind of the same tone, and that is it's not even just the, the mindset behind one particular cause or two. It is the actual mindset of the person themselves. When we're looking at a lot of these different things, there is always that anti-government element in there. And so all it takes is one part of you to be disgruntled about something, and it's very, very easy to begin buying into everything. And it doesn't matter whether it's left or right or somewhere in between. It makes no difference the, the political parties, you know, involved with it. Um, so I find that interesting. Another um, conspiracy theory that, that I just have never been able to even take serious in any way, shape, or form is the shape-shifting reptilians and David Icke and, and all of that. And I actually am, I've been in his Facebook group for years um, just because I, I'll drop, you know, links to a, sh a particular show or something in it. And, you know, it's got a lot of people in it. But, um, but I mean, it's just out, outrageous to me. And what was so funny is I was introduced to him long after other people knew and had begun following this dude because I was reading something. I have Rh negative blood, and I was reading something, and it linked to this thing that had uh, information from David Icke with regards to Rh negative blood. And basically, according to people that follow that, those conspiracies, someone like me with Rh negative blood, is the assumption is, is we are the shape-shifting reptilians. <laughs> so <laughs> I assure you I am not. <laughs> so, but it's, it's, just, it's kind of funny to me how... Um, but they they do. They kind of all they all go hand in hand. The conspiracies themselves may not. Sometimes they do, but and they don't need to. It's it's got underlying angst that an individual is having about something, and and the the need to to project it out where it's it's coming from something else, not from within. It's somewhere else to lay blame, um, or or even when there is somewhere else to lay blame, it's the helplessness which creates a hopelessness, and therefore. It's like the, the fight or, or flight thing in a sense where, you know, if you want to survive, you feel like you have to, to fight something. And, um, and I, think, I think that's really kind of across the board. And I think the same could be said for the situations that we have going on with the Bundys and the, and the supporters in these two cases in Oregon and Nevada, you know, as well as just many, many other things. The one other thing I do want to touch on because I take this very, very seriously, and, and that's the gun thing. And... Because I've been involved in, in, in politics and in the activist world and the conspiracy world and all of that for so long now, I mean, really, truly a couple decades at this point, and um, I've been hearing that with every president, okay? I heard that when Bill Clinton was president, too. You know, I mean, every, that, that is what people want to do. They want to use that, and they want to propagate it. And like the fake ABC News site, not the real ABC News, but the fake one with the oblong right. logo that makes it look almost the same, you know, and they're saying, you know, another executive order. Nobody, they pass it around with such vitriol. They don't, they don't check nothing. And even if they do click on a Snopes or on some fact-check thing or something like that, they still don't believe it because it doesn't confirm their bias. They want to believe that the government is coming to take their guns any day. Well, I challenge, okay, I challenge that rhetoric. If the government was going to come and take your guns every day for at least 20 years that I know of, why haven't they done it? They certainly have more ammunition and firepower than you do. You know, I mean, it would not be a big uh, hardship for that to actually happen. I mean, it would be a hardship for, for, for the citizenry, but the government could pull that off should they want to, should that really be a thing, just like they could have done a Waco, as the people in 
the Oregon standoff had projected would happen and didn't. You know, I mean, it's it's all coming from inside, but we're projecting it outward regardless of what it is. The anti-vaxxer thing, I will say I am very, very anti-pharmaceutical, and I have many reasons for that, and um, and some of which are personal, you know, to do with my life and my family and stuff sure. like that and things I've experienced and seen. As far as vaccines go, that's the same thing. It's not just... Like a lot of people say, well, I don't want my kid to be the one, you know, or this or that or whatever. But it's also more of that inner thing, that angst about the government being told what they have to do. That's part of the problem with the Obamacare things, that we have to pay a fine if we can't afford, you know, the insurance or we miss the enrollment period or whatever the case may be. It's that it's being mandated. And that's a huge, huge driver of where all these conspiracies are coming from. So when we're talking about politics, and that's a lot of the conspiracies that revolve around governments and stuff like that, with the election coming and we have, you know, Donald Trump being the, the type of candidate that he is, and I don't mean type by political party, I mean type by what's coming out of his mouth and the things that he is perpetuating and stuff like that. How do conspiracy theories, starting with Sue, how do they play in today's politics in the political picture when we're talking about offices like this in this case um you know he he incites every fear um so yeah you're gonna you're gonna roll that into conspiracies you're gonna roll that into taking my guns you're gonna um you're gonna let all these refugees in there and they're gonna take over our country um from that to you know the border protecting the border and things like that, what it does is just charges, it amps up that feeling of powerlessness. Um, so we're going to get behind you. You have power. You're, you're going to protect us, and you're going to you're going to allow us to do whatever we want to do. Um, it, and it is it is all rhetoric. Um, his power is not even going to come from being elected president. You know, he's not going to have the power to do all those things. But yet we've charged everybody up and they're confirming their own biases and they're getting behind this. So, yeah, it it, it, it just perpetuates that same fear. Laura, how about you? Well, I, I find it intriguing that everything is a conspiracy when you get right down to it, when you hear what Trump is saying. And he is regurgitating all of the, what I would consider, you know, they're talking about the alt-right and the, the, the far right wing. And I think it's interesting that they're setting it up that he's going to lose the election and that it's going to be totally placed on, you know, vote raking and, and uh, suppression and such like that. People who don't even vote are claiming that elections are stolen by vote rigging or suppression. They just don't go vote because they're not interested. And then it confirms their biases because they say, well, my vote doesn't count. They don't vote. But then it, and it builds into that world. I am upset on a, you know, a personal basis that they're not making Donald Trump accountable for some of the things he's saying. 
it's it's like he is this wonderful businessman, but we don't have any proof of that. As a matter of fact, a lot of the anecdotal information that's coming back is that he's not so much excellent on economics, but he's excellent on hiring somebody and then saying, I'm not going to pay you. Now sue me. Here's 50 cents on the dollar. Take it and shut up, right? Mm-hmm. So he he does the conspiracies, and he it's I'm just my mind is blown so many times how they are repeated, and there's no true basis in fact, but because he's an outsider supposedly, uh, he must be telling the truth. When you look at who he's donated to, what um, what he's doing right, all of the candidates that he's given money to, then he's actually one of the biggest insiders I've ever seen. Right, right. Well, you know, the thing is, is that there's been article after article after article written, and even without the articles, I mean, the videos you can see, the pictures you can see, I mean, just the news that comes out of his campaign and, and those that follow it and stuff, I mean, we, there is a, a very consolidation of conspiracy theories are his base. And um, so, of course, he's going to pander to that. Last week, there was a Pew Research survey, and only 38% of Trump supporters believe that their vote will be counted accurately. Okay, so that's last week. And Trump's rhetoric about the election going to be rigged if he doesn't win, um, that that number is going to grow (laughs) <laughs> rapidly and 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 uh, you know larger. I mean, it's 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 crazy. But the truth is, is that only 49% of all registered voters in the country feel very confident that their votes are going to be tabulated without any kind of error. And I think a lot of that really stems from, regardless of who you voted for, but what we had seen happen with you know the the Bush v. Gore election, the 2000 election, it was just such an anomaly all the way around. Um, and I think that there is still a lot of things that are questionable because of technology and, you know, just like the, the black hat, you know, the hackers showing how easily and how many different ways you can pass these machines. Um, you know, Joseph Stalin said the people who cast the votes decide nothing and the people who count the votes decide everything. And there's right. a lot of truth in that, you know, obviously. And when there's not a transparency and accountability and a, and a standardized thing. And so here's what happens with the standardized thing. That means more federal government involvement, right? Because it has to be standardized across the country. So people are automatically going to balk against that, you know, a large portion of people because they want less government, right? So, um, you know, it's kind of a catch-22. And I'm going to slightly veer off of the conspiracy thing, but I do believe that this is also has its conspiracy uh, tinges, and it's, and it's with regards to the election. Now, the three of us had a conversation with regards to um, doing the show tonight, and I had brought up third-party candidates. And there, there is not a, a third-party candidate right now that, that I would be interested in myself. So what I'm about to say has nothing to do with them specifically as individuals or their platforms. What it has to do with is that we have a lot of people that do prefer one of the third-party candidates that still won't vote for them because they believe they may not will not vote at all, they get chastised for throwing an election, and da-da-da-da-da. And while all that is potentially true, 
And I think, like, in the 2000 election, every vote, like, was really came down to the wire and mattered, right? So, and those things are going to happen more and more. But here's the problem with, with third-party uh, tickets, and that is that there can be tons. And if we had, you know, um, you know, just say we had 10 different parties that were all of equal footing with supporters, okay, 10 different candidates that all had basically the same amount of supporters, and that means that, like, 11% of the population, which is not the majority, could actually decide a vote if they were all voting for their candidate. And so the idea of the two-party system isn't working is true. It's very systemically damaged. Um, there's lots of corruption. We know, you know, all the lobbying dollars, just that in itself, but, but everything else. So we have this weird dynamic that it's like you can't win for losing. And the way technology is and, and the potential for, the very real potential for um, vote hacking, vote rigging, and stuff like that, whether it has happened or not in the past, the potential is there to happen right now, this year, this election for sure. And so how, how do we get across all of these different things that, that make everybody feel powerless in an election? You know, it's like people will vote the lesser of two evils. People, others will vote no evil. You know, others won't vote at all. So, Sue, what is kind of the answer to that and, and able to extract conspiracy out of the equation? Because when there's these dynamics, that's where a lot of minds go. And, and I challenge people out there that don't think they're a conspiracy theorist. Just your own bias towards a, towards a specific um, idea or talking point is in of itself a kind of a conspiracy. Go ahead, Sue. On that, it's not, I mean, I think we've gotten into this, in, in, at least through social media, from what I see, is if I, you know, if I'm a supporter of Trump and he wins, I win, you know, and, and that he's going to come through on every promise and do everything he said on, you know, in his platform and, what, you know, and and that's never happened <laughs> any presidency, <clears throat> and we're always disappointed. Um, and and the same goes if you're a Hillary supporter. You know, if you if you go gun ho that way, and I think the two party system can work um, if we are we are all working. You know, it, listen, tell me as a as a candidate, don't just don't just make the promises. Um, you know, yeah, your your party's going to lean one way or another, but we need to break this down into economics. We need to break this down into civil rights. We need to break this down into um, all those categories that are are, are important to us, um, and know that what the majority has voted for, we have to we we have to deal with those issues rather than just well, say. It's all red and all blue. Right. But I think, Sue, I think that, that part of the problem there is it goes back to technology again. We have trained our brains to take in more and more and more information on a daily basis, more than we ever did in the past, and each day even more. I mean, it's just it's it's part of the metamorphosis that we are physically going through and the capacity that, that we have as human beings. And, you know, one of the things I say to, to you girls all the time when we're having meetings about the show or, or I'm trying to convey something and how I get, like, so irritated with the conspiracy pornographers and, you know, the whole kiss, keep it simple, stupid, 
And what we do know is because we are we have automatically, like Pavlov's dogs, trained ourselves to think that less information about something means somehow that it isn't true. So we seek more information, not really caring so much where it's coming from or what it is. 69%, about 69, last year CBS and Vanity Fair had done a, a poll, and about 69% of, of Americans will accept the simplest explanation. Um, and about 21%, they are the, the ones that go to the far. But that's still a big number, 21%. They go to the far, it's almost a quarter of the population. They just, they go to the most, the most mysterious, the most unexplainable explanation uh, and try to piece it together to make it so. And it's, it's pretty crazy. And at the same time, what is really kind of funny about it is that we're looking at those kind of numbers and stuff, and I've talked about this before to the people that always want to out feds, you know, and, you know, undercovers. They always want to expose them for some reason. But no matter what we believe, no matter if we have government angst, in the same poll, it was who you're going to call, and that's who would you enlist to uncover a conspiracy. So of the the polling sampling, 44% of those people automatically they would they would contact the CIA to help them uncover a conspiracy. Running right through the government. Now, ironically, 13, the next highest was 13%. They would seek out Ed Snowden. And then uh, 12% would go for Woodward and Bernstein. And and what was really funny was 6% would go looking for Dan Brown, you know, the author. So, <laughs> oh, my. That would be my choice. But the fact, that, right, but the fact is, is that, you know, when something's wrong, we do go to the government. We do go to authorities. No matter what is happening, like, you know, even the people that deny, you know, any authority of, of government over them, if there's an emergency, who are they going to call? An ambulance. You know, I mean, it's, you know, where do they get their mail, you know, from the United States Post Office? I mean, it's just, it's so convoluted. Everything is so cherry-picked now. What used to be more cut-and-dry type conspiracies are now these melting pots of of many different thoughts and ideas and ideologies together and the many varying different types of people that have those and just can all smash together. Um, I just I, I just thought it was just so weird, you know, how, how that would go. But what is really interesting with regards to um, some of these conspiracies um, that, that some of us believe in, some of us don't, but from the same poll is that when they're talking about, you know, things that, that – they believe have an alternate explanation aside from the, the official story. Now, one would think that most of those things would only be more recent time things because of technology, because of what I've been saying. But that isn't the case. Um, you know, Princess Diana, we didn't have the technology like we have, or, you know, now. We didn't have um, social media and, 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 and all of that. And 20, that's the number one thing that um, of the sampling of polling, 26%. That is like their conspiracy. Is the, the the official story of Princess Diana's death, but but what's tied for a second is the 9/11 attacks and the death of Jesus. So we have something that predates, you know. I mean, even <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and then and then very small numbers were the you know seven and six percent respectively was uh, the bombing of Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor and the sinking of the Titanic. And we could get into things like you know, did we really land and walk on the moon? Did you know this, that, and the other? Back to flat Earth. And all of that, but the thing is, is that people more and more, because of technology, are 
seeking more and more information about everything. So like Sue, when we started, you were talking about you've always sought more and more. And I think mm-hmm. that with the way technology and the Internet is, is that it's just a natural, we just succumb to it now. It's just part of who we are. Our brains are evolving as the computers that they are. Um, Sue, did you want to say something on that? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the more readily available the information is, it, it, it can go the other way, too. It can all be overwhelming, and then you start seeing. You start seeing conspiracy in, in everything, and you start becoming that it's a red flag, you know, and it didn't happen, and they're all crisis actors. And I'm like, I don't know how that can be pulled off again and again, but, uh, you know, and not that I don't think it's ever happened. I do, you know, I always look at the possibility, somebody manipulating the information. I, I, I watch it all the time, you know, through social media, through mainstream media, uh, people manipulate information. So you have to watch carefully and you have to listen and you have to know, you have to be able to find the facts within that. that you know, that's true. That's 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 very true, Sue. But I, I want to caution the listeners that... You know, I have a portion of a listening audience that that pays no attention to corporate mainstream media. And then I have Mm -hmm. a portion of the audience that pays no attention to alternative or independent media, um, which sounds Mm -hmm. silly because I'm independent media. But um, the thing is, is that one is not better than the other. All these people that cropped up with independent and alternative media, you know, was supposed to be better. That was the whole point of it. But that's where a lot of this conspiracy stuff is actually coming from, the bogus conspiracies. It's so flooded out there that you wouldn't even know a real conspiracy if it was in front of your face. Like the Bundys, with a very real conspiracy um, that has played out with them and the Koch brothers and cows and, and all of that, and then the trickle-down effect of it. It's really kind of crazy. You know, with the election coming, one of the things, every election cycle, presidential election cycle, for you know a couple decades now, it's something that really bothers me because a couple decades ago and for the first couple times, I would get a lot of anxiety because I was expecting that quote-unquote October surprise, right? And, you know, each election right. cycle, that October surprise is going to be this, going to be that. A big one is always that whoever the sitting outgoing president is is going to sign an executive order and, you know, and, and never leave the office or, you know, and stuff like that. And so I, I don't know what, the, what, what they're going to start saying, the October surprises this time around. Um, any... Uh, any ideas? Well, oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, I have no idea. I, I kind of sit back and wait for it. Um, <laughs> you know, and you're right. I've been it, waiting it comes for decades. From every direction. <laughs> yeah, we've been waiting for decades. I'll, I'll sit and wait until somebody proves something to me. Um, I, right. I do watch for it. I do watch for, you know, I don't think I sit in anticipation of it. But I, I do poke around and, and see what everybody's saying and see what, what what's kind of being, you know, theorized at that point. <laughs> so, again, it, it, it comes down to, you know, if you hear something, it's like, okay, I'll look into it. You know, does this make sense? You know, does it make sense across the board or is this just another, you know, another circumstance that somebody's getting all hyped up about? You know, Laura, before I pass it to you so that you can uh, talk on this, um, I I would liken uh, anybody, you know, being mindful or waiting for October surprises or anything along those lines is 
again, when we are in an over-information stimulation mode of our minds, which most of us are on a daily basis all day long, um, it's it's almost like when you get a car. So say you go and you buy a white, you know, uh, whatever, you know, a white charger. Pretty soon everybody, every, every street you turn on, every light you're at, somebody's got a white charger or a white vehicle, and it just stands out to you. And so whether mm-hmm. there is suddenly a more of an influx of it or not, you're more aware of it. And so I think that that's part of what happens in the conspiracy theory world. Laura? Well, I do believe, I think that there's good information out there and then there's bad information. And the Internet has changed, so it's almost like the talk radio, uh, that there's really not that many facts around it. and People need to know what are valid places to go look for information. Um, I think if there's going to be an October surprise, my theory would be something like Donald Trump's tax returns are hacked and actually released because I personally don't think they're going to be released. And it may tell a different tale. I don't care if the guy doesn't donate to charity, but I am interested in in actually how much is he worth, uh, where is he investing such like that. And then after the uh, health records, the supposed health records were released about Hillary Clinton, I'm I'm thinking hey, possibly you're going to have some more emails released. But after that one manipulation of them, I'm if anything's released, I'm going to be very curious about it to see if it's if it's real or not. So that's not a conspiracy. That's just we have seen already that manipulation is occurring. Therefore, we should be watching more. And, you know, Assange, Assange hates Hillary Clinton. Jimmy and Assange, his yeah. WikiLeaks, yeah, his WikiLeaks, um, he is leaking those purposefully to black in her eye. And I don't trust that. I'm sure he's got more information than what he's releasing. And so I think it's either going to be something with Hillary's health or email and something that would hurt Donald Trump would be, you know, his tax returns or something that has to do with his business sense because that's all that he has going for him as far as I can tell is that he's supposed to be a good businessman. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be. And well, the, one of the things that people uh, that support him like about him is they think because he's independently wealthy that he's not going to be bogged down or influenced by lobbyists. Uh, I disagree with that. Um, before before I ask a final question, I, I want to you know when we talk about what could happen, what goes wrong. Well, let's let's look at a, a couple. I'm going to ring off a couple stats on some conspiracy theories that people believe in and that could play a part in lots of different things. Um, whether it's the election and, and Trump or Hillary or, or anything else. Um, this came from a, a 2013 public policy poll. It was a, a national poll on conspiracy theories itself. And it's interesting, some of these numbers. But there are 30%, according to the poll, 30% of people in, in this nation believe that global warming is a hoax. Um, 37%, that's a lot. As far as the, the moon landing, was it fake? Only only about 7% think so. There's 6% that, that believe Osama bin Laden is still alive. There's 13% that, that believe President Barack Obama is the Antichrist. 
Um, this 21%, 21% believe a UFO crashed at, in, at Roswell. Um, I'm, I'm in that 21% for sure. I, I believe a UFO I crashed am. at Roswell. Um, see, there's 44% that believe the Bush administration intentionally misled the public about the possibility of weapons of mass destruction in Iraq to promote the Iraq war. Um, I, I am in that 44%. Um, these are considered conspiracy theories, and that's why I'm reading these off. And um, so then we have, uh, here, here we go with the New World Order and the, the, the global elite. 28%, okay, we're talking more than a quarter of people in this country believe that there is this globalist agenda, this new world order um, taking place. And that that's a huge number. Um, as far as aliens existing, only 29, that's still a big number, 29%, but I, I would think that that would be much more. And here's what's really sad. 28% of the people in the United States believe that Saddam Hussein was involved in 9-11 attacks. Now, the reason 28% wow. of people believe that is because of the George Bush administration, because of Donald Rumsfeld and Paul Wolfowitz and, 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 uh, you know, and even Colin Powell and Condi Rice and the things that they were saying, um, Ari Flesher as the, as the spokesperson and the press secretary, and the things, they, they intentionally, it was part of marketing. The White House Iraqi group, uh, not WIG, the political party, but um, they had WIG, the White House Iraqi group, and it was the marketing arm of that administration to specifically sell the Iraq war. And they used 9-11 in which to do that, and Saddam Hussein had nothing to do with the 9-11 attacks, but yet still 28% of the population believe that to be true. Um, that's pretty crazy. The, there's um, the whole fluoride thing. Um, you know, that only about 9% of people are freaked out about the fluoride in the water. Uh, childhood vaccines, about 20%. A lot more people are concerned about uh, childhood vaccines than they are about fluoride in water. Uh, the, um, there's 11% that believe the United States government knowingly allowed the attacks on September 11th uh, to happen. I would, um, I would suppose that I would fall into that category of that 11%. Um, at the very least, I believe that they did know uh, that it was going to happen. Um, do you believe media or government adds secret mind control technology to television broadcast signals or not? 15% of people believe that. Here's the irony in that one. Is, is it signals? Is it, you know, people that want to believe in the conspiracies, people that feel that they are, quote, unquote, targeted individuals and stuff like that, and they want to talk about the different frequencies and the stuff from, you know, electronics and the Gwen Towers and stuff like that. But when we're talking about television or radio or any kind of media, a billboard, it doesn't matter, those things, millions and millions of dollars are spent every year to make them more effective at selling you with impressions and frequency. And it is a form of mind control. It is to make us more consumers. And so that number should actually be higher, and it's in, it, 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 in reality it should. But um, so, I mean, they, those, are just, those are just some. I could go on and on and on. There's tons of them. I'm going to post this up on the, on the Facebook page uh, for those that are interested because it's, it's really curious to see what, you know, kind of the, po the populations and the members of who's believing in what. For me, having come from the, the very extreme conspiracy world in the past, I can tell you that those worlds, all these figures of the ones that believe in these things, what we have now is they're all, again, smashed up together in, like, this whole new unit. And it is bizarre. And the 9-11 Truth Movement, when it first started, was nothing like it, like it is today. Uh, nothing at all like it like it is today. And it, it has truly kind of become a ghetto in, in mine and others' opinions. But 
it is it's scary. It's scary what I see happening. So going into this election, when we have somebody like Donald Trump who is pushing all of these different conspiracies, when we have a number of, what was it, 38 39% right now of Trump supporters already believe that their vote is not going to uh, apply properly to him in this election, what is going to happen if and or when he loses? How much higher, Sue, do you think that number will get just from that alone? Oh, yeah. I think it, I think that number will at least at least double. Um, I do think there are some people out there that don't subscribe to the theories, still support Trump and what he can do, what they think he can do. But yeah, I, I do think that we're going to see a huge flux of people really protesting um, if he loses. Do you think it will be just protests? I mean, Trump himself has said multiple times that, you know, we're going to have a civil war, um, you know, and the, that kind of rhetoric and stuff. Do you, do you think that, I mean, we're seeing a lot of violence come out of supporters of the Trump campaign already. And so, I mean, do you think that that's going to stem more than protests? Because you're, you're talking of double that number. You're talking like 75 to 80% of Trump voters and yeah. Trump supporters are going to go ape shit. Yes. I think they're going to go ape shit, and I think there is going to be um, violence. Absolutely, we've we've seen it on uh, on the least of scales at the conventions, um, and they will. I, I do think I think it will be short lived. I think we'll, we'll get it under control, um, but not without losses. Uh, I think it's I think that we are at that point. We are at that divisive point in this country where we are teetering on that, on the civil war and they, they aren't going to take it lightly. Laura, what about you? What do you think? Well, um, I think that there's a great possibility and it's not just on the far right. It's on the far left. Uh, Susan Sarandon shocked me because she was saying that, uh, the revolution was going to happen if Trump, if Trump won, that there was going to be anarchy from the left. And I think that they're all very irresponsible for talking like that, that um, there is a possibility of violence. But there's a lot more rational people, I think, than there are irrational. And I think that the far left and the far right are both irrational. I think that I would consider the three of us according to demographics right now, to be moderate, even though we have left, right, and center beliefs most of the time. So I just, uh, I do worry about it. On on something you said earlier, not being conspiracy-minded, mind you, but it is interesting that Congress never outlawed subliminal messages. Most people think they did. So when people are talking about what's, you know, certain conspiracies, I think every conspiracy has a grain of truth to it, and then it's conflated. And people don't know where to go out there and look, or they are around so many people that are egging them on, and that's what's happening or going to happen if and when Trump loses. I do think he's going to lose, but... We haven't voted yet. Polls don't mean anything. 
So that's my opinion. Well, you know, there's also the conspiracy theory that that Trump has done this all intentionally, that he, you know, has no intention of being president and all that. That's a conspiracy theory too, um, you know. And I do, I do agree that. Um, Conspiracies are real. It's the conspiracy theories themselves that always have some, some tiny, some larger, but usually at least a tiny grain or speck of, of truth from which they stemmed. But it's all that theorizing um, that changes it into so many different things that causes so much confusion and stuff out there. Um, it, it's just crazy to me. I, I am very worried about what the outcome is going to be with the election, either way, depending. And, and just to be clear, I am not a, a Hillary Clinton fan or supporter, so I'm really at a crossroads here. But um, whoever wins this election, I expect there to be all sorts of stuff uh, happening, unlike I ever expected when I was in the crazy conspiracy world. So um, it's pretty it's pretty frightening. Laura, Sue, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. I'm going to start wrapping up the show. Great. Thanks, Sherry. Good night. <laughs> Good night. You have a great night. All right. So we touched on some conspiracies, and we are talking about the relations to politics and the elections. And I was not picking on Trump out of, out of you know, between him and Hillary because I, you know, hate him more than Hillary or something like that. I specifically chose Trump tonight because he is propagating, actively propagating conspiracy theories. And that is not what we need more of right now because our words have a lot of power and they have impact on someone, on many people. And we know this to be true. And yet we're, we're exactly as the real truth in our own truth. Are we only seeking to confirm our biases? I think most of us are. And it's up to each one of us to take responsibility for the propaganda that we participate in. Whether we're creating it or curating it, it doesn't matter. If we're participating in it, we need to stop. Mass disinformation is caused as much by alternative, independent, and social media um, as, as, as much as corporate media, maybe even more so. And that's your fault. That's my fault. It's not government's fault. We have to take responsibility for what we do and what we're, what we're a part of every day, what we bring into our lives. Propaganda goes both ways. Propaganda goes all ways. If you missed part of tonight's show or any of the others, you can find the archives on Blog Talk Radio, Podbean, or on the website at challengingtherhetoric.news. If you like what I'm doing, please share my work, whether it's the links to the show or the articles I write or both. If you really want to show your love for what I do, all the uh, gratuities to my PayPal are greatly appreciated. They help me cover the cost of the show. I'll be back live uh, probably next week, but not on Wednesday. I'm going to have to change up the next few weeks because i got a lot of different things going on. I do plan to be in Portland when the, uh, the... So that's it for me tonight. Thanks for listening. You guys have a great uh, rest of your week.